Now, with the domestic leagues that have been left, just what, under uh, 10 games to play, it, it still remains to be seen where and how the curtain will close to this 2019-2020 uh, uh, campaign, given the state of the, uh, that the world finds itself with the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, now, with the, with the local football mother body, the South African Football Association having enlisted a number of issues uh, requiring their attention amongst them, the lockdown period, uh, the financial arrangements, uh, the traveling concerns, the presence of football fans, etc. I guess all of these shed a, a what somewhat uh, yet a faint light into the immediate future of our football. And to get a bit of clarity as well, we decided to call on uh, the wisdom of uh, the president of SAFA, uh, Dr. Jenny, Danny Jordan, to chat to us uh, briefly about uh, where we are as far as the lockdown and other related issues are concerned. Uh, Mr. President, good evening and welcome to MSW. Uh, good evening, Rob. And how are you? I'm, you are not working from home. I'm working from somewhere, someplace, somehow. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm working from home. Yes. No, I'm not in the studio at all, 100%. So I'm, I'm observing the protocols that were laid down by the president. No, that's good. Very good. Yeah, we, we, we would be preaching one thing and doing another. If that was the case, then we would not yeah. be worthy to be on yeah. radio. No, I think the, the issue that you have raised, Rob, if I may uh, just say that uh, FIFA is evaluating the position on an ongoing basis. Of course, uh, as in this country, we get reports on a daily basis, and they do it on a worldwide basis. Now, if you look generally that uh, this coronavirus started in China and spread from Asia to Europe, then to the United States, and then to Africa. So what you see now is that England, who first said they were start 4th of April, then end of April, then May, they are now saying they're looking at uh, starting their league in June uh, because they expect, the virus in England will peak in June. Now, we heard from the South African government and uh, the minister that they expect this virus to peak in South Africa in August. So that is the first thing that we noted. The second thing is what the president of FIFA said on the 10th of April. He said that we must use our competitions to encourage everyone and to affirm that health comes first and that no match, no competition, no league is worth resting a single life. It would therefore be irresponsible to force competitions to resume if things are not 100% safe. And so it calls on national associations has the responsibility to pass health messages to all its members. And this is what football and teamwork is all about. So what we've done uh, in SAFA is to do two things. One, unfortunately, because of the lockdown, we could not meet, but we have agreed with the league that we need to come together and have a single strategy because uh, the domestic league and competitions and international competitions is but one continuous line of competitions, you know, you start with junior competition, you play it under SAFA. Then you go to Matepe League, you get promoted in the PSL, you play in the PSL, and from the PSL, you get uh, selected into the national teams, 
and then you play international competition. So the PSL is not the end of competition. It is the last line of development before you go to international competitions. And then many players go from there and play in Europe. And therefore, the coordination of the competition is important because we need players when they come from the domestic league into the national uh, team that they must be match fit and they must be able to perform. And therefore, if there's a mismatch between the international competition, domestic competition, uh, then you have players from Europe who are maybe fit and players from South Africa is on a, on a break. Uh, and one of the things that South Africa did is to align its domestic league calendar dates with Europe so that you don't have, when you pick a Bafana team, that there are players in Europe who fit and South African players who aren't fit. And I know in the past how we had to get those players who go on holiday into the national team to be in line with those players who come from Europe. And therefore, that is an important issue. FIFA also dealt with other matters because clearly uh, the future of football will be different after the coronavirus. And this is what the task force set up by FIFA uh, is working on. One, the transfer regulation. Uh, they are looking at the leagues to be finished uh, by the end of June. And therefore, they don't want any international competitions uh, before the end of June, those uh, matches. And you've already seen uh, the Euro final has been postponed to next year, the Olympics postponed to next year. All of these international competitions for this year have been moved to 2021 in order to free up that time. And therefore, the international calendar will not provide for international matches to give the league the chance uh, to complete. Uh, so just to put that in, in layman's terms, though, in, in terms of what FIFA is suggesting regarding uh, the international position on international matches that they're only going to be resuming in 2021, is that at your highest level of national representation, we won't be seeing Bafana Bafana play this year. You see, but there's still the issue of, of qualification matches. And that's why yesterday we, we issued the statement. Uh, I spoke to uh, the CAF uh, officials on this question, and they said, of course, they understand that if we want to play Ghana, but Ghana is on lockdown and South Africa is open, that match cannot happen. Uh, and, and so it applies to every country in our qualifications. And therefore, on the African continent, the, the peak date of every African country is way after the peak dates of Europe. So it may appear that Europe may be able to start playing while Africa will not be able to play. You know, there was only one country in Africa that played up until yesterday, and that was Burundi. And they uh, stopped their matches also. Uh, so there is no country on the continent that, that's now playing. And if you look at the stats of death, you will see those countries where they continue to play uh, behind uh, closed doors. Of course, it's just Belarus, and there's a lot of pressure on Belarus to stop it also. But Spain did so. More than 18,000 deaths. Italy, 21,000 deaths. France, 15,000. The UK, 12,000. 
And if you come to Africa, you see Algeria also did 336 deaths, Morocco 127, South Africa 27, Nigeria 11, and Cameroon 10. Uh, so the, the death in, on the continent is not comparable to the high numbers of Europe, but it clearly depends on what are we going to do between now and the peak, whether it's July, August, or June, uh, in order not to follow the trend as in Europe. And, and those are the issues that, that we have to look at and discuss. The, so the calendar and the transfer uh, also have to look at, you know, in Europe, for example, all the, the contracts end on the 1st of June because that is when the season ends. Uh, and then other contracts would end on the 30th of June so that the players can then be transferred to other clubs because the season is over. But if the season is extended, but the contract has then expired beyond the contract date, FIFA then said they will uh, extend those contracts by uh, unanimous agreement among the clubs, of course, that you can keep the players beyond the end of their contracts in order to complete the season. They regard that as the same season, as the same would be done with the Olympics. The Olympics is only next year. Our players will then be 24, but they will play in that tournament because that is the Olympics of 2020 played in 2021, and therefore they've qualified and they will play, notwithstanding the fact that they would then be over 23. So those are the, the kind of things that uh, they have been addressing. And, of course, the last question is a question of funds. And if I said there's $2.7 billion U.S. dollars uh, made available, there is a special task force that's looking at uh, identifying the needs. But, of course, whenever there's money, there's like uh, UEFA uh, President Serafin is, is not agreeing with the strategy and the approach of FIFA. Uh, so I can see there's a lot of fights uh, around the release of that money. And then, of course, the Minister of Sport has also made money available uh, to uh, Sport Federation, uh, the Sport Arts and Culture Relief Fund applications, which have been submitted uh, to, uh, to the department. And the department will then uh, make an assessment of each application. Uh, they have a team that will consider and then uh, they will announce uh, what has been allocated to individual sports persons and federations. So we are awaiting the minister uh, spoke this morning on the TV and explained the process. Yeah, it's actually one of the points that I needed to tackle. But uh, can we, if you don't mind, uh, Mr. President, uh, just to give you a quick water break as we take the news at the top of the hour. Because I wanted to find out, though, we had been seeing news circulating around the National Women's League uh, missing out on the Department of Sports uh, Sector Relief Fund. Uh, so just to get clarity from you as the president, where that leaves uh, them and what is the official position. So all of that coming up. Well, welcome back. Uh, you're listening to the Wednesday edition of Marawa Sports Worldwide in conversation with uh, Danny Jordan. He's the president of the South African Football Association and they're giving us a clear outline in terms of what 
is to be expected, what has come through from FIFA. And one thing that has been very, very clear as well is that uh, domestic competitions can only be preceded uh, with on two conditions, that the government declaration uh, that it is safe to do so and that domestic flights are reinstated. Uh, so let's pick up the conversation around uh, what you were talking about regarding the Minister of Sport and that sector relief fund. Um, how does this apply with the National Women's League? Are they going to be missing out on this? Well, we we have applied for the National Women's League through Lotto. We have applied for uh, the National Women's Under-17, 20, and Banyana to the Minister of Sport because they are essentially talking about uh, national federations and matches that have not happened as a result of uh, the coronavirus. Uh, so... We, we are hopeful that uh, Lotto will be able to come uh, on board and give us support because it's so important that we support all our women's football structures. And we did make the appropriate approaches and, and applications to both the minister and to Lotto, and we just have to wait now. All right, so you, you did meet the deadline in terms of the ones that you submitted of the 6th of April. Yes, I'm informed so by our office. Of yeah. course, I'm sitting far away from the office, but sure. I checked with them and they gave me the assurance that they did submit before the deadline. And just given your track record or maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, history with the lotto, uh, are they somebody that they come on board at times like these? Yeah, I, uh, you know that uh, if you look at Sasko uh, and the last Olympics that... Uh, and Shaskok, unfortunately, is again in that position. And they approached uh, Lotto, and Lotto came uh, and, and supported them. You know, uh, we, of course, want Lotto to give greater support to sport. Because remember, um, in the initial stage, there was the idea of a uh, sports pools, which came about, and it was privatized, and sport is not benefiting uh, and that is another thing that we need to take up with the government, that this is one of the few countries where you have sport pools and sport bettings with no contribution to football. It's legislated in most countries, whether you go to Australia, France, uh, that sport must benefit uh, from uh, using a sport as a, a platform for betting. And that is something that we, we hope that the government will look at. Uh, I don't know how it happened in this country when we started in 1994 still in Parliament, where we had agreed these things. And somehow it slipped through, and uh, we have gone to the Parliament to raise these matters. Uh, and sport will be under pressure now. And one of the things that we're talking about, uh, we have to rethink uh, funding of sport in this country. Uh, if you talk about England, they are saying from broadcasting alone, their loss in the revenue is 750 million pounds. Now, if they are worried about their clubs going into liquidation and facing financial ruin, um, what about our clubs and uh, our football structures? And in England, uh, they have something that uh, we don't have in this country. They have insurance policies uh, that what they call business interruption insurance, so that if on a match day there is an, an interruption and there's a loss of revenue, 
the insurance then uh, makes good for for those losses. Uh, I don't know uh, in this country whether there is such an insurance option as business interruption insurance. But it's something that, again, that we have to look at. Uh, How do we uh, guarantee the revenue uh, for sport and football in particular? And and now we can see where the revenue gets threatened. uh, There's no alternative. So you're basically saying that out of all of these, and there's so many that are out there in the market, either sponsoring when it comes to football or just available for people to, to be betting on the outcomes of games, that none of them are giving anything back to football. I mean, whether it's a sports pass or Hollywood bets, we see so many different names that are out there, obviously benefiting out of the football, but you're saying that the expectation is that they need to be, ought to be, legislatively so, be bringing something back into the game. They have to. It must be legislated. It must be an obligation. You see, you cannot benefit from anything, uh, whether you have a taxi, you benefit from the taxi industry or any other industry, and where the, the owners of those taxis doesn't benefit. The owners of football does not benefit. How can this be? If you look at uh, what's happening in Australia, the legislation, in fact, if you have betting on football, you have to get first uh, a contract signed between the betting company and, and the Australian Football Association. Mm-hmm. And so it's in many other countries. In this country, it's not the case. So it's one issue besides uh, dealing with the current issues, because you're talking about the $3.5 billion industry. And, and even for PSL, that could be the end of their problems also. So we have to take joint action. We have to take a different view as how the football industry ex- exploited and see who are the beneficiaries from this football industry. Uh, I don't want to talk about black economic empowerment, but show me which company has benefited from the football industry. So there are a lot of issues that... Uh, this chorus, uh, COVID-19 has put up, and clearly uh, we have to say that football needs to be uh, operated, governed, uh, and particularly from its business perspective, dealt with differently. I mean, we pay uh, a lot of money in insurance, for example, and then when we suffer a loss, it's your problem. Uh, so all of these things uh, we will have to deal with. Uh, when we can meet again and when we are out of our lockdown. All right, just a final question. It's a very simple one because I get it every day. Um, When you're just stretching for a bit of fresh air and somebody's asking and saying, are we going to see football happening? Will the league go to the team that is at the top? Uh, what's going to happen with relegation, etc. How do we answer in layman's terms without complicating issues, uh, Mr. President, all the people that are expecting football to happen in the next few months? Well, I I think that uh, we would like to see the end of the league. Uh, The league must be played to to completion. You know, the Liverpool supporters made the same argument that Liverpool is 25 points ahead. Just give them the league. They've not won the league for more than 30 years now. Uh, and the chief supporters, uh, in fact, one called me to say, no, just give them the league. 
because they've not won the league for five years. But I'm sure everybody would want to see the completion of the league. We have to work together. We have to work with uh, FIFA because uh, the government and FIFA must tell us it's safe to do so. And if we follow what uh, is given to us, stay at home, wash your hands, keep a social distance, we'll see the curve come down. And once the curve starts flattening and coming down, uh, then you'll get the announcement that it is now safe to go out and to play your games and so on. But unfortunately, uh, the way that some of our people behave in the streets, uh, we have to talk to them. We want the curve to, to flatten. We want it to come down. We love uh, football. We're looking forward to that match that never happened, Mamelodi Sundowns and Pirates, uh, and many other matches. Uh, I think we cannot wait. So let us bring the curve down and give the government uh, enough to say, look, go ahead with your football, and we will celebrate the winner of the league. As that is concerned, I'm sure we'll keep on updating our listeners, our many fans across the country and the world. Um, Mr. President, I just want to thank you so much for your time and for the clarity on those key issues. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ron. That's the president of the South African Football Association, uh, President uh, Danny Jordan, joining us right here on MSW.